Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week, the amazing Sarah Lehman is back, and we're going to watch and discuss My Stepmother is an Alien. Let's do it. You had homework last week. Yeah. So you've come on the show. We've talked about X-Files, Cocoon, and Contact so far. Yeah. And then we were talking about what are we going to do next? And then you said, oh, my stepmother's an alien. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's it's a good, lighthearted, funny sci-fi movie. And I feel like, you know, you got to throw one of those in the mix every now and again. Sci-fi comedy is like right up there in my favorite things in the universe. Yeah. Galaxy Quest, I think, is like the perfect movie. Yeah. It's so great. I just rewatched it recently. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future. Fucking Love, perfect. Yeah. You know? So good. Yeah. And and actually, you and I have been working on writing a web series. I, I've talked about this, the web series before. I've talked about it with you on the show, but the change that's happened since then is you are now working on it with me. Yeah. And you've brought so much to it. Huh. Uh, and because I'm kind of, uh, you know, less mobile than normal because I'm because uh, I have Lyme disease. It's mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> but we've had to kind of postpone shooting anything for the web series. Yeah. So we just started writing more instead. Yeah. And it's it's a sci-fi comedy. It's you know? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Me too. I'm, I'm really, so excited really excited for it. it. Yeah. I'm getting so excited about it that I don't even care if anyone else likes it, which is how I know it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Me too. I'm like, even if no one else thinks it's funny, I think it's hilarious. And yeah. so I'm happy with it. If no one else watches it, I want it to exist. Yeah. And that's when I know it's time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, as soon as I feel better anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like so paranoid that we'll set up a shooting day and then I'll show up and be like half dead and won't be able to shoot that day. And it's just such a pain. Um, no, nah, I don't, I don't think you'll be half dead. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I f- anyway, um, <laughs> Someday that's going to happen. But yeah, so when you recommended this, I was all about it. Because I love sci-fi comedies. Yeah. I've never seen this movie. Uh, I I don't even know what it's about. Besides the fact that someone's stepmother will likely be an alien. Yes. That is, that's the premise. That's all I got. (laughs) And then Dan Aykroyd, Kim Basinger. Yep. Great cast. Yeah. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. That's right. And, um... Who's the the girl that played uh, uh, Willow on Buffy? Oh, uh, Allison Hannigan. Yeah, she's in it. No way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's watch Very this Very good. Yeah. I can't wait. I know. I'm, I'm a little worried about because, so it was uh, 1980, 1988. 88. Yeah. And uh, so I'm worried about the like eight, late 80s, early 90s, like sexism. Oh, and yeah things but yeah the fact that that's so much easier to pinpoint now is a good sign it means that we've come somewhere yeah from somewhere you know what i mean (laughs) i'm pretty sure i'm still gonna giggle my ass off though because it's funny yeah totally cool let's do it all right let's do it we'll be back be back brb (laughs) (laughs) stephen mills research astronomer married to his work Then one night, he sent a radar signal into another galaxy. Now they're sending someone back. If we don't get that transmission from him, our planet is doomed. Hi! 
She's got 48 hours to save her civilization. And decipher ours. Thank you. Delicious. That was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I must be boring the pants off you. No. They're still on. Good. We're making progress, sir. She's never made love. You're so stupid. We could have been doing this the whole time. We only met three hours ago. And never made breakfast. Daddy, don't you think this is pretty strange? Marry him. Where did she get a wedding dress on two hours' notice? Did she just carry one around with her in case of emergencies? Daddy, you married a person from another planet. Dan Aykroyd. Your stepmother is not an alien. Jim Basinger. For an astronomer, you have the most wonderful fibers. And you got yourself a handful right now. <laughs> John Lovitz. My stepmother is an alien. A comedy of cosmic proportions. And we're back. Back. So what'd you think? I mean, I love this movie. I think it's so cheesy and funny (laughs) and it makes me so happy to watch it. How long has it been since you saw it? Uh, Oh, at least 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I watched it so much as a kid that it's like... I feel like I could have just watched it last week. Really? It would have been the same. You just like remember it perfectly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I totally have movies like that. Like Ace Ventura, I haven't seen him forever, but I'm sure. I just watched that the other night. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it? it was great. It's so funny. It was so funny. Homophobic. Ace Ventura is very homophobic. I totally. forgot about that. Yeah, it's, it very, it's very transphobic. Yeah. Which yeah. is upsetting. And this movie is incredibly sexist. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, like so sexist. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. What did but you it, think? Because you... It was really funny. Like, I was laughing really hard. Uh, <laughs> the, like, a third of this movie I loved. Yeah. Like a third of this movie I liked a lot. And then mm-hmm. a third of this movie I was like, ooh, that's sexist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, I don't know about that one. But like the performances were awesome. Uh, my my greatest joy from watching this movie was seeing young Allison Hannigan go on a date with young Seth Green. Yes. They were like little kids. They're like, she's supposed to be 13 in the movie. Yeah. And of course she plays Willow and he plays Oz on Buffy. Yeah. So, and he's just like the derpiest little kid. Yeah, he's braces. so cute. He's like, adorable. Yeah. Hi, I'm Fred. The date. These are for you, doll. Thank you. <laughs> Did that kid look shifty to you? Just seeing the two of them together as little kids blew my mind. Yeah. It's like I saw this clip of Billy Piper and uh, Matt Smith getting it on from from her other show oh yeah i was like that's just wrong yeah can't sleep with that doctor <laughs> no you need to sleep with david Tennant, yeah. obviously obviously um or christopher Eccleston. yeah or whoever you want it's your choice yeah it's uh, all the doctors are the same they're anyway. all sexy yeah yeah no um yeah this movie is very sexist but i one thing that i realized this time watching it that i haven't realized in the past is that everything that she knows about being a human woman she learned by researching the planet, right? Totally. So yeah. it's like nothing to her, like what she is supposed to do as a woman doesn't make sense to her. She right. just does it because that's just the way that human women are supposed to act. Right. Totally. Which is like a good. So it's like a comment on sexism. Yeah. But at the same time presents like sexist imagery. Totally. So like yeah. where I, I, this is something I think about a lot actually. Cause like, uh, where's the line between, like commenting on something and showing it in a way that is as bad as what you're commenting on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that that is a very fine line that like has totally. to be 
drawn um but i think if done correctly it can be very thought-provoking totally not that this movie is by any means supposed to be thought-provoking because it is not (laughs) well the one part of this movie that was thought-provoking to me was the idea that uh earth is too weird to destroy (laughs) which i loved Like the, the the climax of the movie is uh, Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger like doing a song and dance routine to prove that Earth is interesting, and as soon as they're done, the this like supreme being is like destroy them, yeah, <laughs> kill them, yeah. But then uh, Kim Basinger's character convinces them that like she she lets the aliens see through her eyes and see what she's experienced on Earth, and he's like, oh, it's too weird to destroy, yeah, yeah. Um, which was like the whole idea that like family dynamics and the little pieces of life that are happy and joyful are what are worth living for you know Mm -hmm. so like finding finding those little moments in your own life that are important yeah it can be something to live for and i thought that was a very sweet message and i really liked it yeah uh i thought that at the core of this movie that's what it was trying to get across Mm -hmm. and that is something i like super enjoyed yeah and i think that's why i like this movie so much like growing up too because it was like it kind of like gives as me as a child anyway, I felt like it was like giving me permission to like be my weird self. Yeah. Right. And like there's, and like, she's like Kim Basinger is like this beautiful woman who's like kind of dumb in a lot of ways. Cause she doesn't know how to be a human. Right. But she's like this cool scientist too, that like, knows you know like it's implied that she knows like she does math and grass for fun yeah. and stuff and like kind of that's how i felt as a kid like i like numbers and nerdy geeky stuff mm. um and this movie was like it's okay to be weird like the whole planet is weird and you know when you're looking at something that is unknown of course it's going to seem strange to you right right but when you're in it it's like it's normal right so i love that yeah it was so funny how uh Every time she needed to learn something, she'd watch a little video on it. Like, she watched a video on kissing. That scene was so funny. I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And and then she watches a a scene about having sex right before she has sex for the first time. (laughs) And, yeah, it was was really funny. I had a hard time believing that Dan Aykroyd wasn't noticing that she was such... Yeah. Like, that she was being so strange. Yeah. Uh, But also kind of spoke to the fact that in the beginning when they said, you know, you have to be the most beautiful woman in the world and then you can have anything you want. Mm -hmm. And then that's true. I mean, like Dan Aykroyd would let her do anything to him or whatever. Or act any way that was like bizarre and weird. Yeah, totally. He seemed to like be uh, refreshed by meeting someone so weird, which I really liked also. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. Uh, Yeah, the idea that like for every weird person, there's another person out there who's super weird. Yeah. Good. I was just going to say, uh, so we've been working on writing this web series together. Mm-hmm. This was so fucking similar. Like, yeah, I was realizing it, uh, that too when we yeah. were watching it. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny because like, I've never seen this movie before mm-hmm. and I like you came on board after I'd written the story and yeah. then we just started like kind of breaking out episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the similarities are things that I brought to the table and I'd never seen this before. And yeah. there was a couple moments during this where I'm like, Oh shit, we better change this. And I'm like, no, that's no. stupid. We don't need to change it just because yeah. it's similar to yeah. my stepmother is an alien yeah. from 1988. Yeah. But, the, but the idea is the same as like when you, like if, if you have somebody who is kind of pretending to be a human who is not right, yeah. like what are all the weird misunderstandings that could happen? Right. You know, and that is, fucking hilarious i love that kind like of shit. it is so 
funny like watching her like not know how much to cook for breakfast like she right. she steals a menu from a diner and then goes to the grocery store and cooks everything on that menu right. for the family to eat for breakfast and she goes through a checklist as she's bringing everything to the yeah. table she starts with breakfast and ends up with a turkey yeah <laughs> yeah and she gives him a martini yeah yeah and i mean like that to me is really funny because how how else would any other like species know that that's not what we don't already do? Right. You know? Yeah. Like if somebody just plopped down on (laughs) earth, like they would be like, Oh, you eat like all of this for a meal. Totally. You know, it was interesting because you and I have spent a lot of time talking about those situations Mm -hmm. and what would an alien do? Yeah. Uh, and then there was this whole movie of that. And it was funny because none (laughs) of it over, like none of the specifics overlapped. It was just the general idea was so similar. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what are you going to do? Like it, everything's been done. You just got to have a new take on. Things. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was, that was uncanny for me while watching this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always loved the idea of how, how bizarre and weird do our lives look from the outside perspective? Right. You know, cause to us, like we're in the middle of it, it seems normal, right. you know, but totally. it could be so like, like the, that Jerry Seinfeld bit where he says, if, you know, if an alien species is watching a guy walk a dog, you know, there's one person <laughs> pooping. Right. The other person picking up the poop. Who do you think is in charge? Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's always, it's always funny to me. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. totally agree. I love that style of humor. And this movie had a ton of it. And yeah. when, when she first lands, what was her name? The character's name? Celeste. Celeste. Yeah. So when Celeste first arrives, she's wearing this like insane red hat, insane red dress. Mm-hmm. And she looks like the red hat looks like something Guinan would wear in 10 forward. Uh, <laughs> it's basically the exact same hat. Yeah. Just red. Yeah. Uh, and she comes to the party and she like eats uh, that little cigarette butt because this hostess has um, like snacks and cigarette butts and Kim Basinger picks up the cigarette butt and eats it. Yeah. It's- she doesn't know that it's not an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> She, she was she was so good in that scene she yeah. was so like delightfully weird and yeah. quirky and charming and maybe a little unhinged but like in the in adorable yeah i really really loved her performance mm-hmm. and then uh at, when we got to the end credits i saw Susie plakeson's name who played um uh kalar on star trek mm-hmm. next generation which was uh this the mother of Worf's son alexander and I saw her name at the end. I was like, what? She was in this movie? So I made you go back with me and find her. Yeah. And she was like John Lovitz's date. Yeah. Uh, so we went back to that scene at the party and saw her there. Yeah. And it was so, it was bizarre. Yeah. John Lovitz is so funny uh, in this movie. He's so funny. Yeah. He's really good in this movie. Yeah. He's like his, his, his John Lovitz character is in top form. Yeah. And he's kind of despicable in this movie. Like he's. He's pretty despicable his... in a lot of his movies though. Yeah. I mean, if you think like that's his kind of character that he plays. Yeah. From know? what I understand from listening to Kevin Smith's podcast, he's actually kind of despicable in real life too. Oh. Like, they used to be friends and, and uh, Kevin Smith did his podcast Hollywood Babylon at the John Lovitz podcast theater for years. Mm-hmm. And then they had a massive falling out and like the Hollywood Babylon podcast, like they talked about what happened with the falling out. So you get to hear all this background information. Wow. But apparently John Lovitz just tried to screw them out of all of their money. And I don't know, really oh, bizarre. Man. That's something to put on your tombstone. John yeah. Lovitz tried to screw me out of all of my money. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing. Thank you. <y'all. laughs> he is funny. I mean, in the, yeah, in the he's movie, so he, funny. Is so, he is he's so, so funny. funny. He was hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, Dan Aykroyd's 
lab partner who was also the keyboard player yeah who was basically just a buddy who made funny faces yeah yeah he doesn't have one line of dialogue in this movie no he doesn't say a word but he looks goofy and endearing and so you're like yeah of course he's dan Aykroyd's friend yeah like I don't totally. know. And he's you, so funny. Yeah. I kind of want him to be my friend, too. Totally. I was watching the band at the wedding reception with him playing keyboards. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is a good band. Yeah. I would be in this band. Look at their outfits. They look they look great. I would. That sax player is good. Yeah. I would yeah. dance to this music. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, my, my favorite line, I think, of the entire movie was right at the end when the boss guy who's been like... On Dan Dan Eckwood's ass the whole time until he gets a call from Carl Sagan (laughs) telling him to give him his job back. That was funny. Yeah, that Um, was hilarious. At the end, there's like this the van of the friend of Dan Aykroyd's friend. Mm-hmm. And he opens the van and there's like a keyboard and the boss like peeks his head over and that's right in the middle of trying to save the entire earth because this other alien's going to destroy it. And he yeah. just says, you've got a lot of interesting looking things in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just out of nowhere and yeah. so so strange like that guy was scared for his life and that's what he was thinking yeah and then he was like totally goldfish into like oh what's in the van yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i laughed really hard yeah i, I, I love that part yeah. it's so funny yeah and i was like there's so much of a positive message toward the end and then the um the dance number was so great mm-hmm. i love that dance number so much i'm just like this is a ridiculous re- thing to shoot and i love it i really appreciate that yeah and yeah. then right after that, they have all of the alien women are like even hotter than Kim Basinger and like John Lovitz goes off with them. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> so sexist. It's terrible. Yeah, but they they are like the fleet of like scientists that are going to be doing all of the work to like yeah. figure out everything about Earth. But they were dressed like they were in a porn movie. Yeah, they were. So like, where's that well, line? You know, <laughs> 1988. Totally. You know. Yeah. yeah, and John Lovitz like leaves his life behind to go off, fly off with the hot women. Yeah, I was conflicted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, overall, like I loved it. Overall, I really enjoyed. Yeah. it. It's, yeah, it's. I don't know. I just think it's like it's funny and goofy and weird, and I think that that's the way life is. Yeah, and I appreciate movies that that show that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like looking at human nature through science fiction yeah. and i feel like sci-fi comedy is the genre that does that the most mm-hmm. uh i mean of course you can do it in something more serious but you you miss out on like the more ridiculous things and i think like humanity is so weird yeah and this movie d- did a really good job of kind of showcasing that yeah and celebrating that mm-hmm. and you don't see that very often like on star trek it's always you know humanity is uh has this great like spirit of adventure and uh like human instinct it's all Mm -hmm. about like human instinct human emotion and um intuition and that being what makes humanity great and this movie's like well it's also like you know nonsense (laughs) well yeah because you know it's like when you're so kim basinger's character um you know meets dan Aykroyd, and then he falls in love with her and they they end up getting married and stuff and even though like in the movie it's completely absurd because they get married on the like second day of knowing each other but still like when you're in a relationship with somebody it's weird yeah shit gets weird right because like those like your boundaries go away yeah and you know so to do like a little song and dance number to show (laughs) another species that that's like your joy yeah is like that makes total sense to me you know yeah Yeah, it's funny but it's like oh yeah i would actually probably do that yeah (laughs) 
I love I love in sci-fi comedy when you can get to the point of doing something like that and have it be in continuity perfectly. Uh, like I love that kind of yes. thing where it doesn't break the world to go stupid. Mm-hmm. Like in Clerks 2, there's a dance number for no reason and it kind of breaks the world a little bit because there's no explanation of it. I like it. You know, yeah. it's fine. It's not, you know, that movie, it works in that movie. But if I'm watching a sci-fi movie and they do something like that, it kind of breaks my uh, my my feeling that it is that it's a sci-fi movie at all. Yeah. And I think that in a sci-fi comedy, one of the most important things for me is to like keep, uh, be true to, to sci-fi as well as to the comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie actually did a pretty decent job of that. Like the science fiction made no sense and was complete nonsense, but yeah. it was consistent. And I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If- like they built rules and followed them. Yeah. In the, in the world. Yeah. And of course it was like John Lovett's cufflink buttons that saved the day, <laughs> but, but it worked. I mean, it, it didn't need to make sense. It didn't need to be scientifically accurate. It just needed to be consistent in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that I totally agree that as long as everything is consistent and is, if a movie sets up rules, then don't break them. Right. And then, cause totally. once you start breaking the rules, then it takes you out of, it takes you out of the movie. It takes you I, out I, of that yeah. moment. Right. I stop paying attention. I yeah. Just me too. I'm annoyed. just like, okay, I'm bored. Want to watch something else now. Yeah. You know? So yeah, for me, it's all about trusting the creator, like trusting the mm-hmm. artistic vision to, to give myself over to suspension of disbelief because it doesn't, I don't start, with suspension of disbelief. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's earned over the course of watching something. Uh, and this movie actually earned that for like, so when I was at the end, I was actually invested in the stakes of, you know, whether or not humanity was going to be destroyed. I was invested in whether or not, uh, Celeste and Dan Aykroyd were going to be able to stay together. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred in the end. So basically in the end of the movie, Celeste decides to stay on Earth with her new family. <laughs> yeah. And John Lovitz goes off with the aliens to teach them about humanity. I would have vastly preferred if Dan Aykroyd and uh, Willow <laughs> uh, went with the aliens to yeah. like be teachers to the aliens. Yeah. Because the idea that uh, Celeste's life was not worth anything was pretty apparent in the movie. It's like they don't, it's never even an argument of whether or not they're going to go with her, you know, mm-hmm. or whether like it's like they're moving to a new city for they they have job offers in different cities yeah and they just don't even consider the woman's job offer you know yeah uh so that that really bothered me and i I would have loved that if they could have gone with them because i think that uh it would have been a nice resolution for all of the characters yeah i think that the daughter who who was awesome by the way jesse i loved her it's so weird to hear someone with my name in a movie yeah by the way yeah because that doesn't happen to me very often (laughs) there's not a lot of like (laughs) jesse characters like yeah. watching uh uh jesse pinkman on uh, breaking bad <laughs> with uh walter white going jesse jesse i'm like oh god like uh, why are you yelling yeah, at I'm me like, brian cranston what did i do to you <laughs> so it kind of stressed me out but because i'm not used to it you're probably used to it there's a lot of sarah's and and things yeah there's yeah. i mean i meet like five sarah's a day totally yeah uh what was i talking about Oh, you're talking about how they didn't um, even consider oh, uh, right. cel- like going yeah. on so the spaceship with Celeste. Alison Hannigan's character, mm-hmm. the daughter, Jessie, mm-hmm. who who in the title, my stepmother is an alien. She's the one talking, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I realized halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, and it said introducing Alison Hannigan. On yeah. This. So this was her this, first thing. Yeah. She was great. She yeah, was she, so good in this. Fantastic. Like really spunky young girl. And I, I, when I was thinking about, well, I wish they would go with her. My, my one hang up was like, well, can you really take a young girl away from like her whole life. Like that seems 
yeah. tricky. But then I don't know that that's an interesting story to tell. Also, like the story of having to move to a new city, um, just told by going to a different planet and having to learn to live there. Yeah, uh, I would have loved to see that sequel. That would have been cool. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that towards the end of the movie, um, because all of those characters are still here. Oh yeah. Like how Let's cool would that be to do like a sequel like this many years later? Totally. Like everyone's all like grown up and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I was also thinking about um like it would it would have been cool if they if they did take out kind of more of those long winded like scenes where it's just like, okay, like we're getting kind of bored now, like move the plot forward a little bit and and kind of expand on like what's it like for an alien to suddenly be a mom. Right. To somebody who is not her. Because, like, totally. her species just reproduces in, in Petri dishes, right? right so they don't right, have sex right. or anything. Right. But here she is, like, a mom, a new totally. mom to a 13-year-old. Totally. Like, that would that would have been really funny. I agree. I felt like they lost sight of her alienness towards the end of the movie. She became more and more human. Yeah. Which worked for the story, but made me a little sad. Because my one of my favorite parts of the movie was her ridiculousness. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like everything in the first scene was just so great. She's just so not human in the first scene. Yeah. And I would have loved to see uh, that continue at that level through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. This is a nightmare. The research was all wrong. The food was all wrong. This dress is strange. And what is this thing? This hat is too big. And everything I said was crazy. Now, just a second. Don't blame it all on me. I never told you they use spinach to keep their hands warm. There was this moment where she was kind of mothering Jesse, and I was like, how does she know how to do this? Like, she didn't watch a video about this. Yeah. And it would have been cool to see her do something totally wrong, but do it in like a positive way that was actually good for Jesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been hilarious to see. Yeah. Because I, I imagine that's what it's like being a new parent, where you just feel like you are fucking up royally and you're just like i hope this doesn't make my kid a weirdo yeah. you know like it would that would be a funny perspective yeah to tell through the eyes of like an alien who I doesn't so know how to do it yeah and kind of tell a story about how no one knows how to do it yeah and like yeah. whatever you end up doing just do what you think is best for your kid yeah and love your kid yeah and then you know trust your kid to become a person yeah i say having never uh, parented anything other than Miles. Yeah, and well, he's an asshole. That's more than what I parented. <laughs> I had two fish once, and one of them I dropped on the floor. He didn't die, but I still dropped him. But he was mad at you forever. He was pissed. He never let that go. <laughs> he never spoke to me again. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this movie could have been. Like, if it was redone today, it could be fucking brilliant. I was thinking that, too. It I could was be thinking, like, so good. This story uh, is a good story. Yeah. And, like, I think that you could write a couple more drafts of this and have, like, a great movie. Yeah. You know? Like, I really like the movie a lot. Uh-huh. But uh, I feel like I feel like its potential was higher than what it achieved. Yeah. Which is like a, a silly way to judge a movie. And whenever I judge a movie that way, it means that I liked the movie mm-hmm. and I appreciated what it did, but yeah. I would have liked it to go further. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, but I did feel that. And I was thinking like a modern take on this with modern uh, social sensibility would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, when I watched this movie when I was like 10, it was perfect. Yeah. It was a great movie. Totally. I didn't know anything was wrong with it at all. Totally. You know, but now I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
but this movie was like i don't want to say harmlessly horrible but somewhere somewhere closer on the spectrum to harmless than than a lot of other things yeah it didn't feel as like like um intentional like like this the sexism in it feels really naive to me yeah instead of just kind of like a like an intentional intentional right like sexism does that make sense it felt like byproduct sexism versus product sexism yes yeah yeah whereas like this yeah. peripheral thing that was just like there and you're just like okay like th- i don't <laughs> like that it's like the writers wrote in sexist jokes because that what was that's what was like cool funny at, the, at time. the time yeah like that's what they thought was funny at the time like the, oh this is what audience is like let's tell sexist jokes like if we have an alien come from space she has to be the hottest girl in the world and we have to tell a lot of jokes about that yeah uh which i i guess i don't know i mean in 1988 like that story had been told so much less than it has now. i guess that's not true i mean we have a long history of like literary science fiction yeah and, and it's always like the woman coming from space who's like the fucking bombshell who yeah like knocks you off your feet and yeah you know but what i what i liked about this that i thought was actually slightly progressive was the fact that the exciting weird character was a woman you know yeah like and it's usually like gary shandling (laughs) (laughs) yes have you seen that movie where gary shandling is the alien with the vibrating penis no um it's got a weird long title. That movie is fucking awesome. I've only seen it once and it was forever ago, but I, we got to watch that. We should future, definitely watch it after we watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, this is a discussion we had with strange love. Actually, we talked about flipping the genders of all the characters. Yeah. Um, because uh, you never see like a fantastic woman come from out of space. Who's just like the center of attention. Yeah. It's always a man. Yeah. Uh, but we just like, gotten too deep in the process it kind of broke all of the characters to to switch their genders yeah so we are the main the two main characters and yeah. like everything we'd built story-wise and we just couldn't make it work yeah but we're telling a different story about you know like gender dynamics and i think actually the story that we have said about gender dynamics is doesn't work when you flip it so we had to keep it yeah but it was nice to see it in this movie it was nice to see like such a great actress uh taking on that part i like yeah, i like she, Kim she, yeah a lot. yeah she was excellent in this in this yeah. movie i was kind of half expecting her to like be horrible just because it's been so long since i've seen it yeah you know and when i because i watched this movie so much when i was a kid when i remember it i remember it like through a child's eyes you know right um and so <laughs> i was kind of worried about that but she was really really good she was really she good was, like excellent yeah like i i believed she was her character. Yeah. She was so sweet and charming and goofy and weird and kind of scary. And yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Like, yeah. She was and I, I think that that's why I liked it so much as a kid, just because again, it was like, Oh, okay. Like here is like a portrait of a woman who's being a lot of different things. Right. You know? And so I think in that sense, like it was really impactful for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to juxtapose that with a lot of sort of sexist imagery yeah, because yeah. it kind of, uh, it's it's almost showing you like here's how women are portrayed and here's a here's a new idea yeah you know yeah which I liked yeah uh, which I thought was really cool but then they were like here's the way women are portrayed here's a new idea also don't do this idea right. <laughs> you know like that's like it kind of felt that way too like yeah. also here's like a bunch of women who look like they're in a porn yeah to take John Lovitz into space yeah uh so yeah 
conflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even even the simple things were shown to be like really important on Earth. You know, like the ham and cheese on rye with mayo. Yeah. Ham and cheese on rye. With mayo. With mayo. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't know, like there's some days where like a really good sandwich will turn my mood around. Oh, totally. You know, and so, and like you get joy out of food. And so this movie shows that the human experience mm-hmm. is, can seem really shallow, but actually has a lot of depth to it. Totally. You know? Yeah. So, you know, bear with me here. This is going to sound like a bummer, but it's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have... You know, I've been treat- under treatment for Lyme disease and I have I'm in a lot of pain a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but what that has shown me to appreciate is how much I like uh, toast. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like when toast you fry, is so good. When you fry like I, well, I have to be gluten free. So when I fry gluten free bread and butter and it's just amazing and yeah. then you make like sunny side up eggs and dip it oh uh, it's just so good and when i because i've been in so much pain so much of the time like the little joys that i can find are just like so wonderful you know yeah and i just get so much more out of them than i did before and it's kind of nice it's kind of a nice thing to learn you know like i'm gonna you know obviously i'm being treated i'm gonna get better so i can take that uh so i can take that knowledge into my life with me later which is also exciting so like all good things i'm not trying to be a yeah. here uh but like playing mario you know mm-hmm. sitting down and playing mario is just so fun and you and i <laughs> we get together like once a week <laughs> just to play mario yeah we play mario for like guys no joke eight hours a day yeah whenever when we play mario whenever we hang out we never have enough time yeah like our plan is always to do all these five things and we do one thing we play mario Mario. yeah that's why sarah hasn't been on the podcast in a while because we keep playing too much mario and running out of time we've been meaning to record this for like two months yeah Uh, (laughs) um get on the mario train guys yeah so like my my recent experiences have made me really attuned to finding the things in my life that bring me joy and doing them. Yeah. And I love that that's what this movie was about. Yeah. That that was kind of the core, like I said before, kind of the core message of finding the the goofiness of humanity and the things to celebrate. And yeah. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's something that's really important for everybody to, to do. Totally. Because there's so much like horribleness to for- focus on that, you know, if, if having like a piece of toast and an egg is like gonna be your joy for the day like you fucking run with it you yeah. know i don't know i think like people need to feel good and and feel joy in their lives and sometimes like for me that's just like a cup of coffee in the morning like it just is so good and i love it so much yeah you know totally and Absolutely. and i'm okay with some days that is enough for me yeah you know yeah yeah and it's also okay like some day so i'm obsessed with green tea yeah and like every once in a while i'll have a cup i'm like oh this isn't hitting the spot and like when I was younger, what that would have done to me is sent me into a spiral of despair. I don't have my green tea. <laughs> yeah, totally. The one joy I had during the day. <laughs> it's gone now. Totally. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, my my perspective on that has shifted so much. It's like now it's like, OK, well, I'll find something else. You know, like yeah. there are infinite options and possibilities in the world. And, you know, like I got into knitting a couple weeks ago my yeah. mom came to visit she taught me to knit yeah and now i'm knitting the sock and i'm using ones they're very small needles so yeah. it's taking forever this and it looks sock great. is gonna be amazing though i'm really excited about it like i didn't know how to knit at all the first thing i tried to knit looks like garbage and now all of a sudden <laughs> i can like weeks later i can knit something really small and it's so fun to just like sit and watch tv and knit yeah because i'm like creating while i'm enjoying and it's yeah. it's very relaxing yeah uh, and it's so repetitive and 
um, it just feels good, you know? Yeah. It's like one of those things that feels good to do. So that's exciting. And I just discovered that. I'm yeah. 32. I'm a 32-year-old man who just became a knitter. <laughs> you know, like who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. So I don't know. It's a great twist. Yeah, totally. So things, <laughs> there's so many things out there that can be cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and they don't have to be crazy, like intense things that right. the... I don't know, make you happy. Like, there's some days I'm just like, oh my God, like, I want to, you know, like skydive and do all this stuff, which I totally want to do, you know? I'm too scared. But it's, um, no, you should do it. Too scared. I want to do it. Too scared. Oh, that too sounds scared. awesome. But, and like, not every day does it have to be like this big, huge, crazy, like, adventure. Like, life just right. isn't really that way. It's about like the small moments. Totally. And the the more I've shifted into that, the happier I've become. Because mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I played in the band that was part of the opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Sydney in, in 2000. Mm -hmm. Like there was a two, over 2000 piece marching band in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics and I was in it. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I mean, flew to Australia. We were there for three weeks learning, like rehearsing. We stayed at this college in Bathurst. And then I think that's what it was called. And then like went and marched on the rainy field all day with like thousands of people oh from God. around the world. That's so cool. It was the coolest thing I've ever done. And then like, getting up on the field during the opening ceremonies, uh, there was 110,000 people in the crowd. Holy and I'm like standing on the field wearing my ridiculous outfit and hat and, <laughs> uh, and like playing trumpet to 110,000 people. That's amazing. Inside of a band of 2,000. It was the it was the biggest thing i've ever felt it yeah. felt i like couldn't even contain how it felt yeah you know, i was just bursting yeah i was uh i was like leaking out joy <laughs> because it was just so great yeah uh but experiencing something like that is a double-edged sword it's like traveling with the doctor because every day after that pales in comparison yeah and learning how to to be okay with that is really hard yeah um and i have you know the I've had an experience recently that felt like that. It was the last Mugatu show mm -hmm. uh, because we were, I don't know. I mean, it, all of my rock and roll dreams were like happening on that stage, but at the same time it was the end and yeah. it was so sad, but so cathartic. Like Barton and Dan and I just kept looking at each other. Like, this is it guys, yeah. you know, like yeah. shaking our heads and smiling and with tears behind our expressions. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really powerful. You know, it was a very, and the audience was just so amazing that night. And, you know, at the very end of the show, like everyone got up on stage and hugged us and stuff. And mm -hmm. that's my Mario ringtone. Shut up, phone. I just Mario. got a text from Emily. <laughs> OMG, you and Andy are the fucking cutest. Emily, who listens to the podcast. Yeah. So I'm assuming she just listened to the you Lost You guys in Space are episode. the fucking cutest. We are. I it's know. Awesome. It's fantastic. I you, love it. So falling in love again falling in love again is another one of those things that like makes me reevaluate how i feel about every little moment in the day yeah you know what i mean yeah oh yeah where like everything is infused with more joy mm -hmm. and then uh like our relationship is very much the type where we appreciate that yeah. together which is really 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 special and really cool yeah and, like my goal right now in life is to just continue to be that way yeah um i just turned you off <laughs> emily says just heard your podcast together such good chemistry smiley face oh she's right thanks emily emily now you're on the podcast good timing with your texting 
yeah, and it, like it's tricky because like should you wait until you're in love to feel that way or find ways to feel that way so that you attract love to you? Yes. I obviously I believe the latter. Both. Yeah. I don't know. Do do whatever feels right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I, th- I think that Oop. when like because when you're in love and you just want to just share everything with somebody else right like that is it's such a good feeling to go yeah. through your day yeah and think about like how much your other person is going to like like this story like when things happen to me at work i'm like oh my god remember tell rachel about this <laughs> right yeah i don't know just because it's like i want her to know about my day i get excited for that you know right. and i get excited to like tell her about like something that i read or you know i don't know it's just like it's nice to be able to share things totally with somebody and it does bring you more joy because you have someone to share oh, it with totally you know what i think that's actually part of why i started podcasting was because i wanted feedback for things that were in my head you know <laughs> yeah. i just wanted them to be out there for other people to hear and then like maybe hear what other people think about it too yeah and it was at a time where I had been single for a while and pretty lonely mm-hmm. about it. So I think maybe that was part of it. Yeah. Um, interesting. Look where you are now. Look where Champ. We are now. Yeah. Having Killing a conversation it. for everyone to hear. Yeah. As the audience like slowly grows that I, I'm like, I mean, my audience is still like relatively small, uh-huh. but, it, but it's growing and it's awesome. And it's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to wrap my head around um, like the public nature of that, like having a conversation in public and then running into someone uh in private who knows everything that's going on with me yeah but i I haven't seen them in months and i have no idea what's going on with them yeah it's very strange it's a little it's a little unsettling uh but like i think of i I mean it has to be a positive thing because that means that like what i want to do with the show is succeeding yeah um but it's interesting to like to get to a point where something that I wanted is happening and then to be like, Oh, Oh, that's weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a weird feeling thinking that other people know like more about you, you know, with, without, yeah. Like, I mean, you know that they know, right. But there's probably strangers who know about you. Oh, for sure. So there's people you don't know at all. Right. Who know everything about your life. Yeah. And that's weird, you know, but I think it's very cool too, because when you are comfortable with who you are, then you're not afraid to share it. Yeah, totally. And I haven't gotten the the negative bounce back that a lot of people get uh, when they, I think it's because my audience is so small. Yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, with any luck, eventually my audience will be big enough that I will get negative feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll get trolled online at some yeah. point. And that hasn't happened at all, which shocks me because I'm doing this for, uh, I think coming up on two years yeah. sometime soon. Um, so, yeah, that's like a weird thing to think about is like what what happens when my personal pieces of my life that I'm putting out there come back to me in a hateful way? Because I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. Uh, so this is good practice, like g- having it come back to me in a positive way and f- and trying to understand what it is that makes me uncomfortable about that so I can let it go. Because I want to do this. You yeah. Know? Like this is important to me. Uh, it's very often very difficult for me to pinpoint why, but I keep doing it because I love it, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, if I don't release a show in any given week, I'm sad and yeah. I miss it and I want to do it uh, as soon as possible. So it's not, you know, something that I'm going to stop doing or, <laughs> uh, but it is something that I need to learn to understand how it's going to affect my life 
and kind of roll with those punches. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're kind of blurring the line between like the outside world and your personal life. And, and most yeah. people have a, a disconnect between the two. Right. Um, you know, and, and yours is becoming less disconnected. Yeah, totally. More connected, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started seeing a therapist recently during all the diagnostic process, uh-huh. trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And she and I have been talking a lot about the boundaries between me and other people uh-huh. and how I have very limited boundaries between other people Yeah, where the idea of putting a public conversation out there never really phased me because, um, I don't care, you know, like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Like yeah. anyone, I, I don't, I live my life in a way that I am happy with. So who cares? Who knows about that? Yeah. Like if people hear about that and don't like that, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like when you actually do it and you, and anything comes back to you, uh, that's t- a totally different experience yeah. than what you imagine it to be. So, and it's only, I mean, it's happened like a very small handful of times, but, yeah. um, but it's something that I'm like learning to kind of understand. And I'm so glad that I started seeing a therapist for something else because it's great. Like, I yeah. love it. Being able to talk to someone, uh, about like my dreams and my goals and what's holding me back and all that kind of stuff is really helpful. And I really like it. Like getting a professional opinion about how I look at the world is really nice. And like bouncing my, uh, my point of view against something is really nice. Um, which is why I prefer having people come on the show versus like talking by myself. It's Mm -hmm. like, I like to make sure that what I'm saying out loud is, uh, you know, if it's nonsense, I want it to be known to me so I can think about that and, and make a course correction, you know? <laughs> yeah. I have no problem with speaking nonsense. I just want to make sure I know about it. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's great. I think that it's, it's really, it's, it's a good idea for everybody to have, have someone who has no allegiance to anyone or anything in your life yeah. to help give you feedback on the way that you view oh yourself or your world. What? Shit, I'm sorry. It's 6.43. Oh, shit. Fuck, I have to be to dinner in 15 minutes. Oh, shit. We got to go. I'm sorry I just interrupted you on that uh, on that wise thought that you were. It wasn't wise, I'm sure. I've, I've already I've already forgotten, forgotten it. Yeah. What it was. <laughs> Me too. Damn it. Yeah. I want, there's so much more I wanted to talk to you about today. I, I wanted to ask you how it feels to be working on a creative project with me. It feels fantastic. It, we're having like the best time. Yeah. We'll have to do a, we'll have to do a show about that. I mean, eventually when the show comes out, we will. Yeah. But maybe before then, if yeah. cause it's going to be a while, cause I need to be in better shape. Yeah. 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 And so, I, I, and I have had some thoughts about what you were just saying about like putting, putting something you're with yourself out there and kind of you know, anticipating the way it's going to come back, you yeah. know, cause this will be strange love will be the first time I've ever really done anything creative. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I know it's a totally new, weird, awesome experience. Yeah. I mean, I've put, I've put a lot of music out that was disliked. I, I have gotten uh, messages from people saying, I didn't like the song and this is why, you know, <laughs> that's, I got reviewed once for one of my old albums in San Diego and it was very poor. Oh, uh, so yeah, I mean, all of that music is completely different than what I'm doing with the sci-fi project, but you yeah. can hear it. I mean, it's all still online at yeah. jessieplack.com if you're interested, but I had to learn to disconnect myself from what I had created because mm-hmm. 
what I'm making now, I love so much more. And it's more me in a weird way, even though I'm singing about science fiction instead of my own personal life. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels more me to me. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, like it's less personal because what I used to put out there was like songs about breakups and stuff. It was very, very real to my life. And then when <sighs> someone didn't like it, it was devastating and yeah. very difficult for me to deal with. Yeah, it's kind of like they were saying, like, I don't like the way that you felt about this thing that happened to you. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, I don't like your soul. Yeah. Buddy. I don't like your feelings, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to experience. Mm -hmm. And again, with the Miles, what's up? Come here. With the with this show and like the sci fi project at large with the music and everything, I haven't really gotten uh much negative feedback at all which is great i mean because it's much more out there than any of my old stuff and i yeah. think i think i've done a better job of connecting it to the people who might enjoy it because i used to just look for friends to listen to what i was doing and i gave up on that when i started doing sci-fi stuff i'm like i'm just gonna make something for sci-fi fans yeah you know yeah uh, like music podcasts i'm a sci-fi fan this is what i like so maybe they'll like it too that yeah. was my hope yeah uh but yeah, I mean, I know, I know that as the audience grows, I'm gonna start getting shit. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody does. You know, everybody is a critic. Miles, Miles has lost his mind. Oh, he's he wants dinner. Yeah, he's hungry. He's hungry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Miles wants us to stop recording. Um, and you need to go to dinner too. I need to go to dinner too. But I'm actually like really interested to pick your brain about how you feel about all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do a. Let's do this again. Yeah. Yeah. For show. Cool. Well, Sarah Lehman, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jesse Plack. On the show. Jesse Mercury. <laughs> I'm both. Yeah. This will be what? One, two, three, four, five. This will be your sixth and seventh episodes. Okay. Because you've really? been two weeks in a row. Yeah. Wow. Because the first time was three parts and then yeah. we did two others and then this yep. will be two. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You're getting up there with most frequent guest. <laughs> awesome. You're going to, I think you'll be that very soon. Yeah. If not already. So high fucking cool. five. Cool, yay. All right, thank you. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. <laughs> I Kill them. There you have it, my friends. Uh, likely the most awesome podcast you've ever heard about My Stepmother is an Alien. Feel pretty confident. Pretty confident about that. If you'd like to learn more about me, the sci-fi project, my sci-fi synth-pop album, my music videos, everything's at my website, jessemercury.com, including information about how you can support this show and the rest of the sci-fi project. If you have a few minutes to spare, I would very much appreciate it if you could leave us a positive rating and review on iTunes or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, stay nerdy out there. Bye.